Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. It was Maya Angelou who famously wrote, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And this is true for this country that I love. Look, I was born in Manhattan, New York. I was raised in Brooklyn, New York. I grew up in South Florida. This has been the only country that I have known. Whenever someone would ask me, uh, would you live in another country? I would normally say no, because this is the only country that I have known. Uh, the, 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 the words that are there in the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, I hold sacred for all. The freedoms that I've enjoyed that many have died for, I cherish and enjoy. Yet scripture is not silent about the developing character of this nation from its inception to its tumultuous present and its future. In our previous time together, we looked at the story and the history, the developing, unfolding story of the system arising out of Western Europe that had a form of Christianity that, 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 that was reigned over by the papal system coming out of Rome. And it was mingling uh, a form of Christianity with the kingdoms and governments of Western Europe. And this system, and we need to remember that we're talking about systems here in our study together in Revelation 13 and not individuals. These systems were used by the enemy to persecute, to coerce to force God's people and many people around the world to embrace a form of Christianity, a picture of God that was not revealed in Scripture and in Jesus Christ. But the enemy has another key associate that he's going to now that that, that is now going to emerge as we go through this study in Revelation 13 that we're going to be introduced to. But I want you to understand that as we now get ready to see who this next key player is, we need to understand that we've been asking the question, America, how did we get here? And I believe that God in his love and his mercy is speaking to us right now in 2020 in the midst of everything that's going on in our world. And he has answers for us because none of this caught him off guard. And he's about to introduce to us that which is going to help answer that question for us. And it's in Revelation 13, beginning in verse 11. Now, before we dive in, I want to remind you that the book of Revelation is about revealing Jesus. But as Jesus is being revealed, the enemy is also being exposed. As the light gets turned on, it reveals what's in the dark. And so as we dive into this, understand that the book of Revelation uses as keys and as tools to understanding what's here, symbolic language that we're going to unpack as we go along. Uh, poetic language even. It assumes that you have read everything in the unfolding story of Scripture prior to the book of Revelation because it uses a lot of allusions to the books in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. And so as we get ready to dive and understand that I'll be here, don't worry if you haven't read through Scripture prior to the book of Revelation, I'll be here to guide you through some of the language and allusions that 
are used. But let's now go right into Revelation chapter 13, verse 11. The Bible says this, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. Well, what are we seeing here? Well, first, it's important for us to understand that when the Bible is talking about a beast, according to Daniel 7.17, it is referring to a political power such as a kingdom or a government. Okay, so you know we're talking about a kingdom or a government, a nation that is described as coming out of the earth, coming out of the earth, as opposed to the sea beast that we spoke about earlier in Revelation 13 that came out of the sea. And we know in the book of Revelation, it actually interprets itself because that's what the Bible does. It interprets itself. The story explains itself. And we discovered that the sea, according to Revelation 17, 15, is speaking of a, a area or a region that is densely populated and has multiple uh, languages and nations, and, and therefore this was describing for us historically the region of Western Europe. And when you put this with Daniel chapter 2, verses 40 to 45, this becomes very, very clear. And so uh, this beast, though, however, is coming from uh, a region that seemingly, particularly from those as we're going to discover in a moment, that are coming to this place called the earth, quote-unquote, or, or this area of the land beast, you're going to notice that it's going to, to them, appear as if it is not as densely populated. Although we know from history that the United States, that, that this, this place, uh, this place called the earth, did have people, indigenous people, there. Okay? But as, as we keep on going now, we're dealing with this place called the earth, right? And this beast is coming up out of the earth. Now, the earth in Revelation 12, the previous chapter, verses 15 and 16, is also described as a place that receives the faithful followers of Jesus that are fleeing persecution out of Western Europe in that period of 1260 years that we were talking about, right? 538 AD to 1798. Okay, so they're fleeing this system that merges a version of Christianity, it's papal Christianity coming out of the Middle Ages, with the government or the kingdoms of Western Europe, and it's persecuting the people of God. And so this, this earth beast is coming up after that period of 1798, when General Berthier, under the command of Napoleon, shuts down the Vatican, shuts down this form of Christianity, papal Christianity, that was ruling over those 10 Western nations there in Western Europe. And so this other beast now is going to come up after that. The other thing that's very interesting to note is that this earth beast is described as having two horns, two horns. Well, we understand from the same chapter, in, in verse 1, that a horn represents a political power, but in verse 1 of Revelation 13, and also in Daniel, you'll also discover that not only does do horns represent a political power, a government, but it also, when it has diadems or a crown on it, is speaking of a kingdom. Well, this land beast does not have any crowns or diadems on its horns. Therefore, we're talking about a nation that's arising that has a form of government that does not have kings or a monarchy. Okay? And here's something else that is a key indicator that this, this, this nation that's coming up, this form of government that's coming up, 
It's like a lamb. It looks like a lamb. Now, we need to understand this is the only place in the book of Revelation where the word lamb does not refer to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who was slain and died for our sins and rose again. Therefore, the language here is indicating that this government, this new nation, is going to have a a lamb-like or Christ-like. It will be presenting itself as a Christian or Protestant nation, based on the history of the original people coming to this place, that were fleeing persecution from that system in Western Europe. But watch this. It may look Christian. It it, it will present itself as lamb-like or Christ-like or Christian, but the Bible says here in verse 11 that it spoke as a dragon, or as it says in the NET, New English Translation, which is a very good translation, it says that he was speaking as a dragon. Notice the language is present continuous. In other words, from the inception of this nation and its government. It will present itself as being Christian. It will have this dualistic character. It will present itself as Christian, but it shall also, from its inception, and it will continue to develop, it will speak as a dragon, thus revealing its character, and its character will be reflecting the character of the dragon. The dragon here, according to Revelation 12 and and elsewhere, is speaking of the devil. And this is not only revealed, as we'll see, in its, in its words of what it speaks, but in its actions. In other words, it will be an oppressive nation and government, though it will have a form of Christianity. And so this now begs us the question, which nation was, was coming up in an area that appeared to those that were coming to it to be a not as densely populated region as Western Europe. What what nation was coming up at a time where people were fleeing religious persecution for their faith as Christians, fleeing the area, the region of Western Europe to experience freedom of religion? What nation was coming up that did not have a pope or a king uh, as a part of its form and its system of governance? What nation was coming up that was presenting itself as Christian, as Protestant, but was also oppressive from its beginning? History leaves us no other answer than the United States of America. Look, we don't need to look much farther than the treatment of the native indigenous people of this land and the treatment of Africans in the mid-Atlantic slave trade that were brought here by force through coercion to be oppressed and to be coerced into labor. This nation fits perfectly into the description here of this lamb-like beast in Revelation 13, 11. As a matter of fact, the understanding of this prophecy and recognizing America's inconsistency and living up to its ideals, this motivated, this inspired followers of Jesus in the mid-1800s to the work of social justice. As they understood this passage of scripture that we're going to examine here, particularly what we just read, it motivated them and inspired them. These were Advent believers. They were believing in the soon eminent return of Jesus Christ. These followers of, uh, of Jesus, as they understood this passage, were motivated uh, 
as they understood the nature of the developing nature of the United States of America, they decided to become primary leaders in the abolitionist movement to do social justice for Africans that were being enslaved. And yet since then, we've had a civil war. We've had two world wars that positioned the United States of America as a global leader with global power. We've had Jim Crow laws. We've had the civil rights movement. We've had, we've had uh, issues that continue to plague us to this day, such as the persistent problem of systemic racial injustice in this country, particularly to black and brown people, marginalized people, religiously marginalized people. We've had this issue as a plague, as an original sin, if you were, in this nation. We still see an issue of the wealth in this country and the disparity, the very few that are privileged with a lot of wealth and the rest of the population that are becoming increasingly less wealthy. And we've had the continual issue of the political climate that's continuing to get worse and worse in that it is dividing our nation as we speak. We need to ask ourselves this question, especially now as we consider all that's been going on in the midst of this global pandemic, our economy has been, has been weakened. We've been experiencing a death toll that's devastated America of over 200,000 people and counting. This is what's happening right now in this country. And again, we need to ask this question, America, how did we get here? And we're already seeing here that scripture is informing us how we got here. But, 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 but in the midst of all this, CJ, in the midst of all this, please tell me that there is, in light of scripture, in light of prophecy, some good news. Is there any hope for us into not only how we got here, but where we're going as a nation? And I believe that scripture today is going to provide us some answers towards this, that if you would lock in with me for a few minutes, if you have a Bible, whether printed or electronic, I invite you to get your Bible and Join with me. If you're watching this on our platform, there is already a Bible tab where you can actually follow along from the scriptures right there as we take this journey together. But come with me to verse number 12. As we continue to get a picture of the character of this nation as it's described in Bible prophecy, let's go. Revelation 13, verse 12. The Bible says this, and he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. And he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men or people. Verse 14, and he deceives, he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which it was given to him to perform in the presence of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who had the wound of the sword and has come to life. What is going on here, CJ? Well, here's what's going on. Number one, first we need to understand that, 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 that scripture here is again talking, when it's talking about these beast systems, it's talking about systems, not people. There are people coming from these regions, right? The United States and Western Europe, that with this form of Christianity, this highly politicized form of Christianity that's merged with government, right? We got to understand that there are individuals that are faithfully following Jesus, or people that are innocently just, just, just making decisions separate from what's happening in the character development of this nation and the system. 
that it is perpetuating, okay? But we need to understand what's happening here. What is behind this system is, one, it is seeking to cause the world to worship the first beast from the sea, coming out of Western Europe, right? Papal Christianity coming out of the Middle Ages. It received a deadly wound, right? It died and rose again. It's gonna, the wound is gonna be healed, right? This is already suggesting to us what we learned earlier in our previous time together, that this first sea beast is actually impersonating Jesus Christ. Satan is impersonating God the Father. And what we're seeing here is this land beast is impersonating the Holy Spirit. It is directing worship to the sea beast, right? The form of merging papal Christianity from the Dark Ages with the governments of Western Europe, right? And all the persecution that arose out of that. Okay, and the, the allegiance of the world is going to be directed to that system that will be healed, it will be, if you will, resurrected. And so this nation is going to be a primary influencer in the world, which we've already seen, particularly after those first two world wars, that the United States has already been and is positioned as a global leader. And it's directing worship and allegiance to the first beast, the sea beast. What's happening here? What's happening here is, is that, again, what's behind this is that Satan is seeking to usurp the worship and the reign of God on the earth, which is what the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of God, revealed in Jesus Christ and Him crucified, is to establish with those who believe. God's reign on the earth. That's what the earth is going to be re returned back to when this whole thing is over, Revelation 21 and 22. So the devil is seeking now to impersonate the Holy Spirit through this land beast, this earth beast, in order to mimic the spirit, to deceive the earth, to worship this other beast. You know, it's kind of like a magician, right? People see magicians and they see them do these tricks and uh, they're amazed and they're in wonder at the power of the magician, right? But you can Google it, go on YouTube, and you can actually, you can see that it's deception, right? It's, it's, it's the trick of the eye. It, it, these magic tricks that they do are just that tricks. Okay, and it's no different here in what we're seeing in this land beast. It is using uh, miraculous signs, okay, worked through through Satan. This is where this is going. Now, I understand that this is going to sound very strange for those of you that right now understand domestically here much more internationally, that for us to force religion on the world or anyone here in this nation, that would be a violation of our constitution. We have here the right to religious liberty, but understand We've already seen in recent years uh, threats to our Constitution and the consistent language continually purported of a constitutional crisis ahead of us. What we also need to understand is that the devil is working developmentally. Okay? Uh, the, the, the threats to the Constitution is going somewhere. As we're going to see in a second, the coercive nature of the development of the character of this nation is going somewhere. We've already seen the evidence of coercion and force, as we'll talk about in a moment. But here, the enemy is going to work through this land beast to deceive the people of the world to worship. It says that it calls down fire from heaven. This is echoing what Elijah did in the Old Testament as he prayed that God would bring down fire to reveal to apostate Israel that, that Yahweh is the God to worship. And so this, this this power 
the United States, in the final moments before the return of Christ, in these last day moments, is going to mimic, is going to impersonate through the workings of Satan to imitate this same type of miracle to convince the world not to worship Yahweh, not to worship Christ, but to worship the beast and its system and its image. So you can use deception. It's very interesting that Bible prophecy is linking the working in the end of time with Satan and this lamb-like beast, with the United States, with deception. Because it's interesting that recently in our nation, we have things right now that are woven into our culture, such as language like alternative facts, fake news, misinformation, people having a very difficult time right now as I'm speaking to you to understand what is true coming from the voice of our nation, what is true coming from our government. And God in his mercy through this, these scriptures is trying to let us know that this is going somewhere. It's not an accident. That where the world is headed is that the United States will be used as a global influencer to deceive. And this is something that is developmental. And God is saying, he's warning us because God warns those that he loves. Understand, this prophecy is being spoken through the heart of a God who loves us and does not want us to be deceived. So what does that require of us? We need to have a love for Jesus, who is the truth. And we need to have a love for scripture that reveals Jesus, that is truth. And then we need to ask daily for the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. This takes place practically in a daily relationship with Jesus, characterized by prayer, reading, meditating, and studying, and, and even journaling through Scripture so you can hear and see Jesus revealed in Scripture so that you can spot a lie when you see it because you know Him. That is the truth. And the Holy Spirit is promised to seal us into, settle us into the truth of Jesus Christ revealed in Scripture. We don't have to worry about being deceived in the last days if we know the genuine thing, if we know the Word of God, we know Christ, if we have an experience with the Holy Spirit. We don't need to worry about the counterfeit, fake, or imitation moving of the Spirit that the enemy is going to do through these overwhelming, deceptive miracles. You see, the actual, real, genuine moving of the Holy Spirit, He does miracles as well. And we should not be afraid of the counterfeit to the neglect of the genuine. We need the Holy Spirit. But our spiritual experience needs to be rooted in Christ and the Word of God. And it can't be based on miraculous signs. We may find ourselves deceived in the end of time. But there's one more characteristic that God wants us to see today about this nation, that he's trying to help us understand this is something that's developing. And, and, and let's pick up now in verse number 15. Watch this. The Bible says this, And it was given to him to give breath, to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast would even speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Pay attention to that. Verse 16, And he causes all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free and the slave, the free and the slave, to be given a mark on their right hand or in their forehead. And he gives, and he provides rather, verse 17, that no one will be able to buy or to sell except one who has the mark, either of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Verse number 18, here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, 
and his number is 666 or 666. Okay, let's pause for a second, because a lot of movies and even Christian films have so sensationalized this. You hear 666, some people may want to be tempted to tune me off. Hang in there for one, for one quick moment. Because what's happening here? First, the message coming from the United States in the end of time, this land beast, is worship or you can't buy or sell. And ultimately, worship or we'll kill you. That's what's happening here. This is, the, this is worship through coercion. Worship by force. Allegiance by force. And why is this happening? Because remember, Satan is seeking to usurp the worship and the reign of God in the earth. And he's going to do so by trying to impress, listen to me, impress his character in our hearts and minds or actions in order to ultimately lead or force people into worshipful allegiance. That's what's going on here. It's worship by force. I want you to know that, that what's happening here is that the enemy is trying to, to bring about that which he's always wanted from the beginning. He wanted to be like God, and he wants the worship of God. He wants the dominion of God on the earth. And so if he has to force people to try and do it, he's going to attempt to do so. And so, oh man, there's so much here to bring out. But, but real quick, the, the main thing you need to see is that when it talks about the image of the beast, understand that the image of God is love. And so the image of the beast, which is the image of the dragon, which is Satan, is the opposite of love, which is selfishness. As a matter of fact, self-exaltation at the expense of others, thus coercion, thus oppression. Understand that the mark in the right hand, the mark in the right hand or in the forehead is talking about thoughts and actions. People will receive this mark. They will receive this image. They will receive this number either first by receiving the imprint of, of, of the character of the beast, which is the character of Satan, which is selfishness, individualism, if you will, at the expense of others, versus the image of Christ, which is other-centered, self-sacrificing love. So understand that what's behind, what's really behind the image of the beast and the mark of the beast is receiving the character of Satan in your character, in your thoughts, and in your actions. Now, People that act out of selfishness, right? They harm others, right? They do things that, that the enemy would do, right? But, but here's the other thing. It also suggests that there will be people that will comply by their actions, even though they may not receive the mark, the character, by the will, by the mind. So there'll be people around the world that they'll be like, okay, well, we'll do this, though they may be atheists, or they may be people that aren't Christians per se, because this will be done in the name of Christ. Now, people are, are often are tripped up by the number 666. Well, this is a number representing humanity that has fallen from the ideal of Christ. Remember, seven is the number of revelation, the number of perfection and completion is the number of God. It's the number that suggests that this is how God wants things. Well, Satan's number and the number of humanity fallen from Christ is six, right? And so this, the imagery here is that this is a counterfeit of that which is complete and perfect. This brings us to the manifestation of the love of God through the seal of God. If you want to understand what the mark of the beast is, you need to understand that the seal of God in Revelation 7 is talking about what we receive when we receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He seals us into all truth. And this love of God, as Romans 5, 5 
communicates is poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and leads us into faithful obedience to the commandments of God. And this system of the beast has described its mark as a counterfeit day of worship that is set aside uh, as a human invention. And the sign, according to Ezekiel and according to the Old Testament, of God's seal, the Holy Spirit, is in, embedded in the Ten Commandments. It's about worship in these last days. Do we worship God or Satan? And the day of worship will become one of the issues, not the issue. But if you're in Christ, you'll want to be obedient to all of his commands, as he says in John 14, 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. The message here is we need to be faithful to Jesus Christ and his kingdom and to be obedient and loyal to him and his commands, not to be saved, but because we're grateful for the gift of salvation. Because we are, we, we, we are in love with Jesus Christ, we want to do that which he asks us to do, and that's being obedient to all his commands. The devil will want to remove us from moving in the direction of obedience to Christ and obedience to a man-made law and try to force worship and allegiance and obedience to the world, to the beast system. Because the enemy knows he's going to get worship only through the agent of this beast system. This is calling us to have wisdom. This is calling us to be faithful to Christ. This is calling us to get to know Jesus Christ. We don't have to be afraid of what's going to happen in these last days when the enemy is trying to usurp the worship and reign of God. You don't have to fear that. If you know Jesus Christ, if you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Lord says, I will seal you into the revealing of my character of love. I will do that work in you. I will finish the work I've begun in you. We want to invite you now to go ahead and respond to this message. If you want to take the next steps to faithfully following Jesus and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and to walk into the future with peace and with joy and anticipation of all the goodness that the kingdom of Christ is about to bring to us and his soon return, then you won't have to fear anything that the enemy is going to do because it's at this time the Bible says that Jesus Christ shall return and everything that the enemy has sought to do to deceive and to hurt and to harm will be crushed by the kingdom of Jesus Christ and we will be forever with Jesus ruling and reigning with him. If you want to receive that good news, the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, we invite you to respond. We want to take that journey with you. God bless you. Thank you for taking this journey with me and we look forward to walking with you into receiving Jesus and taking the next steps to following him. I'm CJ Cousins. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Living For Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend His reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter 
by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.